Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 66 of the Money Love Podcast. This week is actually a continuation of our discussion last week. We are going to be diving deeper from our lesson last week where we were talking about pure financial circumstances. So last week, we spent a lot of time talking about the model, the CTFAR, and specifically the first part of the model, which are the circumstances of the world, the black and white facts of our financial reality. And we really dove into how to define a pure financial circumstance. And in the world of money, we have a lot of examples of pure financial circumstances. The amount of debt you have, the amount that you have in your checking account, how much you have in your 401k, your net worth, your credit score, past spending choices that you've made. All of those are examples of pure financial circumstances because they're black and white. Every human on earth could look at them and agree. They could all be proven in a court of law, right? Are you remembering all of this? Okay. Circumstances are the first part of our model, the C. But then, of course, we get to the fun part, the interesting part, the color in your coloring book, if you recall that analogy from last week. And that's what we're going to be talking about this week. So this week is part two of this process. This week is going to be all about your thoughts, your beliefs, your perceptions, and opinions about your pure financial circumstances. So I hope, if you haven't, that you've listened to last week's episode and that you've even taken the time to go through the process that I walked you through last week of identifying what your pure financial circumstances are. Because I think it'll really make this episode, where we're talking all about your thoughts about them, a lot more powerful. So I want to start off this episode talking about why intentional thought creation is so important and frankly, why it's a practice that is so rare in today's world. So why is intentional thought creation important? Truthfully, I feel like I'm kind of beating a dead horse here because I am just constantly pounding this concept into y'all's brain, but I can't keep quiet about it because it's such a life-changing concept. So thoughts are like the seeds that are growing in your life. The product of your life is going to be the result of the seeds of thinking that you plant. My coach always tells me that the quality of your thoughts will determine the quality of your life. Now, why is that? Quick recap. Well, because your thoughts create your feelings, your emotional state that you spend your days and nights living in, and your emotional state, your feelings drive the actions that you take or that you don't take. And the culmination of your actions over time are going to determine your results that you achieve. This is the model that we talk about so often. So the results that you achieve with money, with your health, with your relationships, your career, all of it, the model touches every category of your life. And every result that you create, good or bad, can absolutely be tied back to a thought pattern, to a set of beliefs that you have formed over your lifetime. So if you want to create extraordinary results with your money or extraordinary results in other areas of your life, you have to be committed to having intentional 
and extraordinary thinking. It has to be at the top of your priority list. Now, that's why it's important, but I do want to touch on why this practice of intentional thought creation is actually so rare and why this could possibly be the first time that you're actually hearing about it as a practice. First off, most people don't even realize that they can intentionally choose thoughts and that they can practice them and strengthen them until they become second nature. It is 100% possible to rewire your brain and to form new neural pathways in your brain. It has been proven by science that it's possible and that it can be done, which to me is such amazing and encouraging news. But sadly, most people don't know this and they don't realize that this is even a possibility for them. In fact, most people aren't even actively paying attention to their thoughts. Because so much of our thinking is subconscious and automatic, we don't assign any energy or attention to even identifying what's going on in our own brains. Now, later in the episode, I'm actually going to walk you through the steps of intentional thought creation and how to gain awareness over your default thinking is actually a part of that process. But what I'm trying to say is that most people never even get to that point. This is what I was saying last week. A lot of people think that their thoughts and beliefs are circumstances. They think that their beliefs are facts of the world. And I think that's a very dangerous way to live your life because when you think that something is a fact, you will accept it and you will never challenge it. You will never question it. You will never explore alternative options. So yes, there are a lot of people out there that have a lot of beliefs about money, but they treat them as fact, like rich people are evil, that money is the root of all evil, that talking about money is taboo and inappropriate, that you shouldn't spend money on X, Y, and Z, that women shouldn't manage finances because men are naturally better with money than women. These are all thoughts, but the people having those thoughts don't realize their thoughts. They think that they are facts of the world. And so what happens is because they think they're facts, they go unquestioned. And as a result, because they're unquestioned, they go unchanged. So what do I always tell you? I tell you that your brain wants to be right and it's going to work really hard to prove itself true. So really what we see over and over is that human beings are actually self-fulfilling prophecies. A lot of us think on default, and so as a result, we have default results. We've thought a thought so many times that it seems like reality and truth. And now, because our brain is always trying to prove itself right, we also have a lot of evidence to back up our thoughts so they seem even more factual to us. Like I said, thoughts are like seeds that you plant, and so many of us are fertilizing and taking care of and growing old, worn-out thoughts that produce no value for us. Now, here's the other problem with why so many people resist this process of intentional thought creation. Most of the adults on this planet are living in a state of emotional childhood versus living in a state of emotional adulthood. And remember that the primary difference between those two is the recognition of where you think feelings and your emotions actually come from. 
So when you're in a state of emotional childhood, you live your life under the assumption that the way that we feel comes from circumstances. So you believe that you are stressed out because of your student loans, that you feel unworthy because of the amount in your bank account. You think you feel disrespected because your spouse decided to spend money on XYZ item that you don't agree with. And listen, I will say that this is the easiest and the most convenient way to go through life because blame and finger pointing and a lack of personal accountability is the path of least resistance, right? It doesn't really require any work from us. It doesn't require any self-evaluation. It doesn't require any effort on our part to change because the problem is outside of us, right? That's what we believe. We believe that the problem is money, that it's the mother-in-law, the spouse, the career, the political landscape, whatever it is. And with so many people living in this state of emotional childhood, thinking that the way that we all feel is a result of our circumstances, then what does that mean for the importance of our thoughts and beliefs? Well, when we're all living in a state of emotional childhood, our thoughts and beliefs aren't very important because what does it matter, right? It's the circumstances that are causing all of our feelings. So when you live in a state of emotional childhood, what happens is that you go out and you become a master manipulator of your circumstances because you believe that is the only way to feel differently than you feel now is to change what's in that C line of the model. So we go out and we change our partners, we change jobs, we change cities, and we try to control our spouses and our kids and our coworkers to act within a certain set of rules so that we can feel a certain way. And with this belief, the belief that circumstances cause our feelings, there is absolutely no reason to take a look inward at our own thinking, which, by the way, your thinking is really what's causing all the problems. But when we don't know that or we don't realize that, so many of us are just defaulting to manipulating the circumstances. Now, we know that this doesn't work. I think a lot of us, myself included, have spent a lot of time and a lot of energy in a state of emotional childhood. And we all have many, many examples of how changing your circumstances doesn't fix your emotional problems long term. Yes, there usually is a period of temporary relief. Because for a bit, your thinking changes with the new circumstances, but then the default programmed thinking comes roaring back, and before you know it, you're right back where you started, and then you have to start manipulating circumstances all over again. It's this really exhaustive cycle that so many people live their lives in, constantly changing that next set of circumstances that you believe is supposedly better than where you are now. So we're all striving for the bigger bank account, that debt-free student loan balance, the larger house, the fancier car, the designer wardrobe, because we think it's the answer to feeling better. But then we get it and we realize, oh, wait, it made me feel better temporarily, but now I'm right back where I started. Now, changing circumstances is never the answer because your brain is always going to come with you. I've told you guys, you don't just get to trade in your brain like you can trade in a car, right? I mean, that would be nice, but it doesn't work that way. And also, I want to tell you guys, and this is more a message for myself than for anybody, but we also have to remember that we cannot action away a crap mindset. Like I said, trust me, I've tried. I am an action girl through and through. 
I love a good to-do list. I love a good A to Z blueprint. I love taking action. I do believe action is an important part of the puzzle. But a lot of the times I was taking action, but I was working against myself. Why is this? Because I was thinking in opposition to the result that I wanted. So the action wasn't getting me anywhere. Because without changing your thoughts, you're still going to be left exhausted, unhappy, and confused because you're going to be experiencing too much cognitive dissonance between your external world and your internal world of what you're actually thinking and believing. So many of us are just perpetuating the same old thoughts over and over, feeling the same way, taking the same actions, and creating the same results. So then it becomes, okay, well, what is the answer then? If the answer is not manipulating circumstances, what is the answer? And the answer is intentional thought creation. And I have my own process for this that I'm going to walk you through for the rest of the episode so that you can actually start applying this practice to your life. So there's about four steps to this process, and I'm just going to go ahead and jump into the first step. The first step is the realization, the acceptance, and giving yourself permission to believe any thought that you want to believe. This is true for money, and it's true for everything else, but especially money, I need you to hear that there are no thoughts that are off the table. There are no thoughts that are too out there, that are too outlandish, that are too unrealistic. All thoughts are available for you to think. And I'm always telling my clients, like, you get to believe anything that you want to believe about money. Anything. You get to make your own rules. You don't have to look to me or to other financial advisors or to other people to tell you what to believe about money. You don't need permission from somebody else. You have the autonomy and the power to choose your own thoughts and to believe anything you want to about money. So this analogy might help you. I like to think of our thoughts like outfits that we wear. And I want you to think about what it's like when you are shopping for a new outfit in a store. So you don't go into a store thinking that you're going to buy everything in the store. Of course you don't. You realize, okay, I'm going to go into this store and I'm going to find an outfit that aligns with my personality, my sense of style, my body type that I'm going to feel good and comfortable in. And that's how thoughts are, you guys. You get to choose your thoughts just like how you get to choose your outfits that you wear. You might try on a thought that looks good on the rack. Like maybe it's a thought that sounds really good in theory, but the more you try it on and you practice it, you realize like, you know what? I just don't really think this is a great fit for me. But there's no clothes police, right? Like, I mean, as an adult, anyway, as adults, we have autonomy to wear what we want to wear. And the same is true for thoughts. There's no thought police, you guys. You get to think whatever you want. And this first step, this realization is especially important with money because money can seem so logical and rational to us. And so because of that, many of us think that We don't have the power or control to believe whatever we want when it comes to money. We think we have to have beliefs that fit inside this nice, pretty box, but that couldn't be further from the truth. You get to decide what you're going to think about your past. You get to decide what you're going to think about your present and your future. You get to decide what you want. You get to decide what you're going to think about who you are. It's all a choice, but most of us are not thinking on purpose in any of these areas. So the first step 
really is just kind of this recognition that nothing is off the table. It's giving yourself permission to say, I can create any result that I want to create. And because of that, I can choose any thought or belief that's going to support me in creating that result. The second step after realizing that any result is possible to create with the right thinking, because like I said, no belief is off the table, is to take stock of the default thinking that is circulating in your brain and coming to the realization that so many people do not, which is, oh, right, these sentences in my brain, they're not facts of the world. They're simply just my thoughts. And because they're not facts of the world, that means that they can be changed and challenged and questioned. But we have to know what those thoughts are, and we have to gain awareness over them. Like I'm always telling you guys about the power of awareness, because we can't address and we can't work to change what we don't even realize is there, right? And awareness is what lets us know what is there. Now, I've talked you through this process before on the very first episode of the podcast, episode one. So if you want to go to the OG episode of the podcast and listen, I walk you through this process in a lot more detail than I'm going to do here. But for this step, a really amazing way to start gaining awareness is to do a brain dump about money. Taking out three pieces of paper, and I want you to write past, present, and future on the three pieces of paper, one for each. And then you're going to go and you're going to spend time just dumping out your brain and answering these questions. So for the past, you're going to write money was, and then I just want you to finish that sentence as many ways as you can. Money was scarce. Money was the source of my parents' divorce. Money was something that we never talked about. Money was something that always intimidated me. Money was. Just think about all the thoughts that you have about money in terms of your past. Once you've done the past, the past will probably have the most content and thoughts for you to download. You're going to move on to the present, which is money is. It's you thinking about your current financial situation in the present. And again, answering the sentence, completing the sentence, money is as many ways as you can, as many ideas and thoughts that come to your head. Once you do the present, you're going to move on to the future. In the future, you will write, money will be. And then again, you will finish that sentence. And you will dump out all of the thoughts that you have about money and your financial situation in the future. This is a great first step, but we're not going to stop this awareness process just after this first initial brain dump. Gaining awareness over your thinking is something that is going to happen over time. It's not just going to happen in one 30-minute sit-down session where you do this exercise. It's a great start, but I want this to be something that you continually work on. So here are some suggestions of how you can always keep awareness of your thinking at the forefront. The first thing that I always want you paying close attention to is how you talk about money in conversations with your spouse with coworkers, with friends? What are the things that you say out loud to other people about money? Because more than likely, again, unless you're telling somebody about one of your pure financial circumstances, like unless you're telling somebody, I have $30,000 in student loan debt, pretty much everything outside of that, 90% of what's going to come out of your mouth in relation to money is actually going to be your thoughts and your beliefs about money. So 
pay attention to what you're actually saying when you're having conversations with people about money. Another way that we can continue to increase the awareness over the thoughts that we think is I really want you paying attention to your emotional state. Oftentimes, you will pick up on an emotion that you're feeling before you pick up on the thought that is causing that emotion. So what I like to do is I like to pay attention to the emotional extremes that I feel about money, the good and the bad. So if I am feeling particularly happy, excited, motivated about my financial situation, I like to pay attention to and ask myself the question, what are the thoughts that I'm thinking right now that are causing this excitement and that are causing this motivation? And the same is true for the negative emotions that you feel. If you find yourself feeling particularly stressed, anxious, discouraged about your financial situation, it's important to pay attention to the thoughts that are causing those as well. It can be really helpful when you're not just kind of in this neutral middle ground and when you're more kind of on the emotional extreme ends of the spectrum, good and bad, to really pay attention to, okay, what are the thoughts that are causing me to feel the emotions that I'm feeling right now about money? Because every answer to that question that you're going to come up with will be another thought and belief that you have about money that will just lend you further awareness into your own brain and into your own thinking. Now, the important thing is that we're just taking note of all of this default thinking, documenting it somewhere, in a journal, in your notes app, on your phone. But a great place to start just to make this awareness process a little bit more manageable is come up with the 10 most predominant thoughts that you continue to notice you're having about money. So what are those thoughts? Do you even know or do you even have that level of awareness over your own thinking right now about money? And I do want to say, please don't be alarmed and please don't be hard on yourself if most of your 10 top thoughts about money are negative. That's totally normal. Our brains are already wired to go towards the negative thinking anyways, coupled with the fact that not many of us are raised to have many positive or productive thoughts about money. (laughs) Okay, so you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you if you write down your 10 most predominant thoughts about money and most of them are negative. Now, the purpose of awareness is to not beat ourselves up and to not judge ourselves. Again, it's to gain awareness over what's going on in our own brains so that then we can work to change it. This is essentially getting your starting point. A lot of us know where we want to get to, and we spend a lot of time thinking about that, but we don't spend a lot of time assessing, okay, where am I currently? And the awareness is going to answer that question of where you are currently with your thought processes. Now, once we have that list of our top 10 thoughts, we're only going to work on a couple at a time. We're not going to do all 10 at once. I just want you to pick one to three thoughts that you currently want to work on. This process is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So pick a couple that you want to start to change, to reprogram, to reframe. And then we're going to move on to the third step, which aligns with what we talked about last week, which is going to be finding the next most believable thought that moves us more in the direction that we want to head. 
This could also look like passing through neutral, which is what we talked about last week. So again, if you're like, what does passing through neutral mean? Make sure that you go listen to last week's episode. So I want to give you a very clear example of this process with one of my clients. One of my clients at the start of the year, she had a very strong and predominant thought when we first started working together, which was, I can't stop spending money. That was her thought. So she was taking the circumstance of the money that she had spent, and her thought about it was, I can't stop spending money. So of course, when she was thinking this thought, this thought made her feel hopeless. It made her feel undisciplined. It made her feel out of control. It was not creating an emotional state that felt good for her. So the actions that came out of this model that were a result of that emotional state of feeling hopeless and undisciplined is that she just started avoiding her finances altogether. So she stopped tracking her spending. She wasn't paying attention to how much she was spending and where. She was doing a lot of emotionally driven and impulsive spending. And so the result that she ended up creating in this model is she was spending a lot more money than she wanted to. Now, that was her model. But the first thing that we did is we had to gain awareness over this thought that she was even having it, right? Then what we did is what I just walked you through. We worked through her model so that she could see the result that this thought was creating for her, which again was just turning her into this self-fulfilling prophecy of she was someone who believed that they couldn't stop spending money. So in fact, she couldn't stop spending money. And then what we did is we took the time to realize the result that she wanted to create and where she wanted to be heading. And we picked a thought that could help her move in that direction more than the thought, I can't stop spending money. And so this is what I encourage you to do. Go into the future and think about the result that you want to create. Now, for her, the result that she wanted to create was not to entirely stop spending money, right? She didn't want to stop spending money altogether. She just wanted to be spending money more intentionally and more purposefully. Now, this point is really important in this step, okay? When you are picking your next best thought, you cannot do a 180 from where you are. It will not work. You have to start with a thought that has a certain level of believability to you or the cognitive dissonance that you're going to feel is just going to be too strong and you're going to give up. So this is why this step is not toxic positivity, okay? It's not like, oh, well, just take your negative thought and then find the positive version of that thought and practice that thought and try to replace it. And it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. This step is simply, I just want you to find the next believable thought in that thought ladder that I teach you guys that is slowly but surely going to move you more in the direction that you want to be going than the direction that you're currently heading. So for us, we didn't jump into a thought for her that was like, I'm great with money. I manage my money so well. I'm a responsible steward of my finances. Because she didn't believe that any of those things were true in that moment of time. So instead, what we did is we found an intentional thought that felt true to her, but it also felt much better to her than I can't stop spending money. So the believable thought that she really liked, and again, that felt true to her, was I'm a good spender. Now, she was on board with this because she believed it. She knew that she was good at spending money, but even just the energy surrounding those two thoughts are so very different. One thought is dripping in self-judgment and shame, 
And the other one is a lot more complimentary. And I reminded her, listen, spending is a skill, okay? There are a lot of people who are on the opposite end of the spectrum of you, and they are paralyzed to spend money. Spending money for them and swiping their debit card is agonizing, but that's also because they have a set of beliefs about money that is causing them to feel that way. But spending is a skill, and I think a thought that we can both buy into and believe is that you're actually a good spender. You have no problem spending money. So for her, that was her next believable thought. It was something that she believed, and it was also something that felt much better to her to start moving her in the direction of becoming a more thoughtful and intentional spender. So that's what I want you to do. I want you just to find the next believable thought in your thought ladder. It has to be believable. And it doesn't have to feel like this amazing, wonderful, out-of-body experience thought. Okay, again, we're not going for a 180 switch here, but it should feel a little bit better, a little bit more aligned than the emotional state that your default thinking is currently creating. So you're going to have your next believable thought identified. You're going to write it down. You're going to note it somewhere. And then what we're going to do is we're going to move on to the next and final step, which simply is to practice the thought, and we're also going to expect discomfort along the way. I've told you guys this analogy before, but I think it's a really helpful way to think about your thoughts. Thoughts that you have had for a really long time and that are very practiced and very automatic are like eight-lane highways in your brain. You've done a lot of work on them. There's been a lot of construction done. And so now you have a very wide highway where the cars are flying 80 miles an hour with no delays. Forming new thoughts is like trying to build another eight-lane highway, but what you're starting out with is a narrow, dirt, bumpy, dusty road. The road is there, the neural pathway is there, but it's definitely not as strong or as strengthened as the thought that's the eight-lane highway. Now, again, the more that you practice that thought, The more that you work on that thought, the more construction you do on it over time, that thought absolutely has the potential to become an eight-lane highway, but it's not just going to happen overnight. So a big part of intentional thought creation is to practice it. I have thoughts that I'm constantly working on and I'm constantly practicing. Again, I have that foundation of believability. I'm not trying to sell myself on something that I don't believe to be true, but I also recognize that the believability isn't as strong yet as I know that it could be. My brain is still trying to convince me otherwise and to serve me evidence that the opposite is true. And this is what cognitive dissonance is. And that is why part of this process is to expect the cognitive dissonance along the way. It's going to happen. Again, this process of forming new thoughts is very uncomfortable to your brain. Your brain doesn't like to practice things that it doesn't believe to be true. It's going to resist that. But the important part is that you expect it and you're anticipating it ahead of time so that when it does happen and you do feel that dissonance, you don't make it mean that anything has gone wrong and that you should abandon ship. So this last part is Practicing the next believable thought, expecting discomfort along the way. And there's many ways that you can practice a new thought. If you are somebody who likes to write things down, I encourage you to write out the thoughts that you're practicing in a journal. 
do it every day. If you're more of an auditory person, then say your thoughts out loud. Write them on sticky notes, stick them on your mirror in your bathroom, and say them out loud to yourself. Say them to yourself in your car. Practice them. And then I'll also tell you that while you're practicing them and while those neural pathways in your brain are becoming stronger and more reinforced, what will start to happen is that your brain will start to find evidence that the thought is actually true. The more prominent the thought becomes, the more your brain is going to want to find evidence to support it. So at the start of this process, what started as a dirt road will continue to get wider and you'll be able to drive faster and it'll feel more natural and it'll be more comfortable, but you have to be committed to practicing your intentional thoughts. So here's the process of intentional thinking just summarized in one place. First, you have to realize the importance of your thoughts. You have to give yourself permission to believe whatever you want in order to create whatever result that you want. The second step is you have to gain awareness over your current thinking. And I want you to choose the top 10 thoughts that you want to change that currently aren't serving you. The third step is you're going to take a handful of those thoughts at a time. You're not going to work on all 10 at once. Just choose one to three. And for each of those that you're currently working on, you're going to choose the next believable thought that works you up that thought ladder that's going to get you closer to the result that you want to create. And then after you have your next believable thought, you're going to practice. You're going to rinse and repeat. You're going to write it down. You're going to say it out loud. You're going to start looking for evidence in your everyday life that it's true and that it's possible for you, but you're also going to expect dissonance along the way, and you're not going to make it mean that anything has gone wrong or that there's anything wrong with you. That is the process of intentional thought creation. And I will say this, I know that this process doesn't seem that exciting or sexy or impactful, but you guys, if you are looking to start one habit to go into 2022 that can totally transform your world, it's this. It's carving out 10 minutes of your morning before you start your day to explore your mind. I know it seems tedious. I know it doesn't seem fun. I know it seems laborious to think about what you think about, right? It's like, oh my gosh, this seems exhausting. But you know what else is exhausting? It's exhausting to not think intentionally. And as a result of that, keep creating the same old results that you don't want and that you're not happy with. That's exhausting as well. And if you don't think intentionally, chances are your thoughts are driving you instead of you driving your thoughts, which is why this process is so impactful. I cannot say how important this is. I know that in theory, like we all probably understand at this point that our thinking is important. I hope you realize by this point that your thinking creates your entire life. But are you giving it the time and attention that it deserves? How much time are you thinking about what you think about? And how much time do you actually spend thinking on purpose, thinking intentionally? No matter what it is that you want to create with your finances or in any other area of your life, you are going to have to move beyond just taking action. And you are going to have to start thinking intentionally. You're going to have to start thinking beyond where you are now and what you've been programmed to think up until this point of your life. 
I love this process and I love thinking about thought creation and intentional thinking because it really does affirm what I believe about humans, which is that each one of us is a work of art, but our strokes on the canvas of our life is actually our thoughts. So if you want to create a new masterpiece, you're going to have to start putting new strokes on your canvas, which means that you cannot allow your brain to keep defaulting in the same old thoughts that are keeping you stuck and that are keeping you from the results that you really want. I want to remind you that an extraordinary life comes from extraordinary thinking, and that's simply not just going to happen. It's like, we know that we're not just going to get a six pack from sitting on the couch and eating ice cream. We understand that if we want a set of external physical results, it's going to require an investment of our physical resources and of our time. But the same is true for our mental and emotional health. It's not just a given, you guys. It takes work. But the great news is, is that it's 100% available to each of us and it's all within our control. There is no result that you cannot go out and create because the thinking that's going to be required of you to create it, it's out there. It's available to you. It's waiting for you. But you have to go out and intentionally choose it, practice it, be willing to deal with the discomfort and the dissonance of it, and ultimately let it manifest out into your life through the emotional state it creates within you and the actions that will stem from those emotions. It's really the best news ever when you think about it, but it also sucks because it's not easy. (laughs) And listen, not everyone will choose it. In fact, most people won't. Most people will continue to live their lives of rinse and repeat, constantly trying to change their external circumstances, and just remaining confused and frustrated when nothing gets better. But you have the answer now. You have the tools. And I'm here as your coach to help you create any financial result that you desire, because I know that you are capable of thinking and believing what it will take to get you there. All right. That's what I have for you guys this week. For those of you who celebrate Christmas, have an amazing Christmas this upcoming Saturday. I will see you all next week. I love you all dearly. Bye. Hey girl, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in overcoming overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, the student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money, and your spending will be controlled, purposeful, and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.